What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, my brother. Doing well. Uh, solid episode last week. If you did not check out last week's episode, we reviewed Mayor of Easttown, and we started Marvel's Loki ep- review episode one. And I'm super excited because now we're one of the first people reviewing this. You guys getting this on Thursday, the day after it comes out. So excited to talk about episode two. A lot to dive in with that. But the, yeah. you know, before we get into too much, the one thing I'll mention on that is that because of the success of Loki's premiere last week was the most. Uh, viewed premiere on Disney mm-hmm. Plus's entire site. Disney Plus has said that they're going to move forward with premiering their new shows on Wednesdays, at least Ooh. for the rest of the summer. Nice. So that's so that's good for us. So possibly that that could be the case moving forward. That'd be great. That's great for us. Also, let me announce the next run it back has been. I mean, not run it back. The next pitch it match has been determined. The competitors and the date. July 10th, which is a Saturday. We do not have the time yet. We'll have the time with you. It'll probably either be seven or eight. We'll have the time with you soon. But July 10th, Christian Hollinger and Ian Hawley are battling to see who goes into the Summer Spectacular in the third or fourth seed. The Summer Spectacular has been determined. Seed number one, Dan exclaims. Seed number two, Shemit Dua. Pete and Christian have to win to determine if they go in. Now we're giving two people who have lost a shot at making it in by battling the two undefeateds. I know you may say, well, dang, it's 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 uh, it's not fair to the two people who already won. They did not win convincingly. They did not win convincing matches. Both matches were up to the final thing, toss-ups. That's why both... Ian and Jake Madison are getting a shot. Jake Madison will be playing Peter from What Do You Say Animate at a later date, which we will announce. But Christian Hollinger is taking on Ian for the for one of the spots in the in the Summer Spectacular. Shubert, I'm excited. We're getting closer for me to play. I haven't played in so long. <laughs> yeah, right. I can probably be a little rusty while these guys are going to be getting like <laughs> three to four games in before they even get it. A chance to, to that's go the job of the champion, man. I got to try to redeem myself and you know maintain the belt. But it's uh, it's pretty exciting that we're gonna have all that coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while, I feel like it's, it's been, been a while since we had a match. So. Last match was Christian and Carl, and Christian's coming back yeah. to play right again. Crazy, <laughs> we're, we're putting we're putting him to the test, but hey, he loves yeah. it, he's excited, and Ian's excited to get a shot at you know coming for the belt. But again, yeah. mark your calendar July 10th, Saturday, Ian. Hawley versus Christian Hollinger. It's going down. Um, man, you kind of flubbed uh, earlier with saying run it back, but we do have a run it back that's out that everyone should make sure they should check out where you, me, and Ian uh, in, uh, reviewed Mask of the Phantasm, yep. Batman animated movie. Um, Which we're trying to decide the next running back right now. Yeah, we're in the midst of trying to decide that right now. And other DC-related news, the one thing that may have already occurred by the time you're listening to this episode is the Titans trailer. Not already, because, it's happening. Well, and because we record this before on Wednesday Wednesdays. evening, we are unable to uh, talk about that, but we'll talk about it next week. So I hope it was pretty cool. Hopefully we get to see Red Hood. I don't think we'll see Tim Drake in costume. Uh, I think we'll see Nightwing, a, a, a lot of good action shots from Nightwing. Do you think we see Scarecrow? Probably. Mm. Uh, I mean, it, if he's built up to be 
the villain the, the villain of this like i feel like we would see him or darkfire see yeah i'm thinking we see blackfire and red hood that's Black what i'm Fire, thinking sorry. yeah i think we see blackfire red hood and some nightwing stuff but excited for that other than that, yeah, like Schubert said, check out the most recent Run It Back. It's Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Super, super dope. I'm tr- Schubert, I think I'm, I'm going to try to convince Ian for us to do Back to the Future because I've just been wanting to do Back to the Future and Run It Back, and I know you love that movie. I do. I very much do. <laughs> I know you do. So maybe I can convince him because he wants to do Spielberg or uh, who was the other director we said? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. So we may we may end up doing Zemeckis, but we shall see. We'll let y'all know. But what have you been watching you recently, said, my brother? You said Zemeckis. Yeah, you I said know. Three different characters. <laughs> All right. Um, what have I been watching? Yeah, I've been continuously uh, continuing on uh, Downton Abbey. Nice. Uh, I just finished. I just finished uh, the season finale of Cruel Summer this week, the uh, Freeform show. I tweeted about it. Don't judge a book by its cover. The people who were behind it were behind, you know, Jessica Biel, the center. Um, That's a great season of television. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the showrunner was an executive producer on both Grey's Anatomy and Scandal, someone who worked with Shonda. Nice. Talented group of creators. It's a talented group of creators, and this and the cast is a really good. The cast of young actors. What's it about? Do a really good job. It's um, it's about this girl who gets kidnapped, and in the midst of getting kidnapped, she accuses another girl who, while the girl was kidnapped, seemingly stole her life. Mm. That she knew that she was kidnapped and was lying about it. So and some some like some thriller, teenage like scandal shit. Yeah, so you kind of uncover the mystery as it goes along. But okay. the interesting part about it is that it takes place in three different timelines. So you're following Ooh. 1993 summer, 1994 summer, and 1995 summer. Now and, that and puts it over the edge for me wanting to check it out. That sounds pretty fucking interesting if they put so, it all. So it, it flips around a lot. And the way that they do it that makes you understand like where you are is the the camera uh, color tones mm, like okay. 1993 is very bright. 1994 is a little bit dimmer, but mm. like 1995 is like almost like you put a, a blue lens over it. It almost mm. seems like the whole thing is blue. Got you. So, okay. That seems pretty cool. Now what's it called? One more time. Cruel summer. Cool summer. I'm gonna have to check that cruel, out. Cruel, 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 cruel summer. Okay, I have to check that out. Yeah, see, I've been watching Insecure. I told, I think I said that last week. My girlfriend, I put her on Insecure. We've been watching that, really enjoying that. Other than that, what have I been watching? My hero, basketball. My oh yeah, I've been watching a shit ton of basketball, man. Holy shit! But my hero has been great. I don't know if you watched the I'm most recent. Ep- yeah. We, we talked are, about it on uh, after the podcast on Sunday, where uh, we're one episode we're about to get, away. Yeah, we got the filler episode this week, which mm-hmm. I probably won't even watch. No, you have to watch it. All right, all right, all right. And then, and then after that, my villain Academia. Also, the trailer dropped. I we didn't put this in the notes, but the trailer dropped for the new movie, and it looks pretty fucking good. Like I thought, the last movie was very sub. But where does it fall on the timeline? This question. Um, it falls in the f- between. Okay, so the next arc the, is the next arc's My Villain Academia, and then the one after that is back with the heroes doing an internship, and then there's a big war. It's between the internship and the war. Well, it's going to come so that is ahead of all the other stuff that we haven't seen yet. That's why but. the that's why the movie comes out after the season. All right, all right, yeah. So, just like this you. last movie took place. Like, actually, like, right now, 
But the movie's not canon, so it doesn't fucking matter. Like, the movies aren't yeah. fucking canon. So, but the trailer looks cool, and we're gonna get some more My Hero content. But other than that, I think that's all I've been really watching, man. Like, like you said, I've been watching so much basketball, but I have been watching movies. I will say that. Let me. Uh, I watched this movie called The Long, The Long Goodbye, which is basically about this private eye, Philip Moreau, and it's like a 1970s movie. It's pretty fucking good. It's on. It's on Paramount Plus. I didn't get a chance to watch Infinite. But I will watch that before the next episode. Someone I've heard it's played golf with this weekend liked it, but oh, okay. Then I'm really someone that I go to Did about movie mm. I heard it's eh, like I heard it's real shaky. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, oh, we'll I'm gonna see. try and watch it. But that's all I got know, you. because once we get to movie on the rise, we we'll talk about why I'm gonna be trying to watch Paramount Plus this weekend. Mm, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna like I have it on my Amazon as a part of like a, a, a add on for an Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you have AMC Plus too? So I'm yeah, a, I'm I got a, IMDb I'm, TV. Mm-hmm. I got IMDb TV and AMC Plus and Paramount Plus on my Amazon, so it's dope. I'll definitely check. I'll check out Infinite this weekend. But should be whenever you're ready, brother. We got a lot of news, and I'm excited to talk about the new episode of Loki. Yeah, man, I just found out this week that I am not a hero, so I'm ready to get into it. Which means you're not a hero. Wait, wait, what? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, So uh, let's get started. Uh, Michael Waldron, the head writer behind MCU's Loki series, he has, uh, he's been been a rising star. Um, He uh, began his career as an assistant writer on Community and followed Dan Harmon to Rick and Morty. And then he was tapped to take over the head writer and executive producer role uh, at, of the Loki series. Yep. He's done a good job so far, in my opinion. And uh, Kevin Feige would agree because he... Wait, real quick. He, it's, it's funny that Lo- he came from Rick and Morty when Loki has a lot of Rick and Morty elements to it. That's all I'm going to... That's, that's very true. interesting. We'll talk about that more later. So, sorry to cut you it's off. Just, it, no, it's just nice to know that that's part of mm-hmm. his origins. Um, but he's... Uh, impressed us and also Kevin Feige who uh, put him on to pen the upcoming Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness film. More Rick and Morty shenanigans. And um, he is also now the screenwriter for Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars film. Holy crap. Okay. Kevin Feige really likes this guy's work. He does. So that's I thought that was pretty neat. I've been enjoying Michael Waldron. So I think that putting him on Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars film is some good signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, I'm hoping that all this stuff is not trilogy or connected related. I hope it's all just around separate movies. Um, but this kind of makes me think that they might try and do. I wouldn't say time. Well, I mean, yeah, they might world world mm. between worlds. Like I mean, <laughs> Star Wars has their own version of this, and they maybe do. They'll, maybe they'll explore it. I hope they go um, back in the past to uh, you. You know what I want? Darth Bane. I want that. Maybe that, they'll that, maybe they'll do all of it. I want that era of Star Wars, man. But it's crazy because Loki very much so takes Rick and Morty inspirations. And now that I know Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was written by him, holy crap, that movie's going to be Rick and Morty on steroids. Well, but and it also makes Marvel. me think that some, some of the stuff that we're seeing in this series with Loki is going to be a big tie-in. Like, you there's know, no um, way you can't John- tell me that Minutes, uh, Miss Minutes isn't isn't a Rick and Morty-like cartoon. That's, that's very true. But I mean, what I was going to say is, you know, Jonathan Major's going to say all he wants to King of the Crocker is going to be in the series. And I believe him. But like, well, I think there's going to be something that mentions will him. eventually lead to him or mention him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the other bit of Star Wars news is that Star Wars Visions, the anime anthology series, is going to get its first look on July 3rd. What is the thing that... At Anime Sony... Expo, which I think is dope, which means Star Wars is really committing to the anime uh, version of this. And if they're going to do it at Anime Expo, that means they themselves feel that this is good enough to premiere to a bunch of anime fans who love Star Wars. So that's very exciting. This is why I had, when we did our ranking of Star Wars stuff that was announced, this is why I had visions higher than things like the Patty Jenkins film, like uh, uh, Rangers, which got canceled, like a bunch of other stuff. Visions to me has, uh, because anime is arguably the biggest it's ever been in one of the biggest genres in the West right now because of just the streaming era. I think this is huge for Star Wars. I think so too. I'm glad that we're going to get a, a first look sooner rather than later. I want to see what the, this is going to look like. And again, I'm going to mention this the whole show. Again, Star Wars Visions, when was that announced? When was that announced? Like this year? Last year? They Last just year. started working on it? And we're already getting the first look, but Cowboy Bebop's finished and we can't get a fucking trailer. I digress. I digress. Oh, there'll be more of that. Exactly. Uh, there'll be a lot more of that. So here's what I was mentioning earlier. In a recent interview with Variety, Harley Quinn co-creator and executive oh. producer Justin Halpern <laughs> revealed where his corporate bosses drew the line. A perfect <laughs> example of that is in the third season of Harley, we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman. And DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. Uh, so we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish, selfish lovers? Um, they were like, no, it's just we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a, a toy if Batman is going down on someone. <laughs> First so, off, I'm not a hero, Lyndon. I'm sorry. I, I'm not a hero either, but no, nah, that's not true. Batman in the comics definitely gives fellatio. So he is a hero. I'm going to take up for my man Bats. Catwoman wouldn't be with him if he wasn't putting out. Let me let's let's all be honest. Selena Kyle is a wow. bad, bad woman. And she I love would not Justin accept his, 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 uh, his response. Are you saying heroes aren't are just selfish lovers? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, DC's clowning. This is some corporate shit because I don't think this is like the actual comics creators or people who are in charge of the comics. This is some Warner Brothers corporate nonsense because if you have kids, I wouldn't let my kids watch Harley Quinn. Kids who are buying Batman uh, action figures aren't buying it's the Harley Quinn Batman. Exactly. It's so like, exactly. what are y'all talking about? Y'all yeah, already like, had, y'all already had so much crazy shit in that show. Batman going down on, on Catwoman yeah. isn't as bad as a coked out Jim Gordon. Well, and I guess, you know, that movie where Nightwing and Harley have sex just, you know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. exist. Yeah. <laughs> so like, whatever. It's just cause it's fucking Batman. Yeah. I thought this was ridiculous. I was like, that's, that's a great I, story I'm, that you put in. That's hilarious. Well, it is like, and that was a lot of people were talking about it this week because, like, how could you be so absurd as to say heroes don't do that? Like, you can do, you can say the toy thing. Like, they should just come up with them just saying that heroes don't do that. No, no, you tell me that. Yeah, you, and, and a lot of people Lane. have some really good examples. That's a really fun Twitter to go through. And Superman, Superman definitely goes down on Lois Lane because if he if he didn't, he he might break her in half the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and you telling enough. me you telling me that how jordan doesn't make a tongue construct with his lantern ring <laughs> the boys have showed us that superheroes are even more freaky <laughs> than fucking normal people <laughs> you, you think iris west allen is, is not <laughs> getting, getting that some... fast tongue <laughs> yeah 
getting that speed tongue, girl. <laughs> He's hitting the speed force with his tongue. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, we could keep going. Oh man, let yeah, me think of a. <laughs> let me does does, does Shazam put a little or no? Does Black Lightning put a little Black Lightning in his tongue? <laughs> Make it shocking. <laughs> Static too. <laughs> Does Aquaman make his tongue wetter? (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, that's that's a fun Twitter thread to go down. And Wonder Woman Um, definitely uses the lasso of truth to uh, separate some some body parts. (laughs) uh, But anyway, moving on to DC and into Marvel, She-Hulk adds Jamila Jamil to a major role. She's going to play Titania. A Marvel supervillain with incredible strength and a frequent rival of She-Hulk. Basically, she's like, uh, she can, I think she can grow in size, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she's like Giganta in DC. I th- yeah, I think that's who, who we're talking about. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, that dope for She-Hulk. Also, they reported that uh, Skull or, or Scar, Scar, Scar's his name, Hulk's son will be in She-Hulk, which makes no sense to me, but okay. <laughs> okay sure we shall see bruce banner's in there so yeah bruce banner's in there yes he is so we so, shall see whatever mm-hmm. all right, but, all right. But, um, next up on the geek week yeah next up, up we got some geek week stuff Zack snyder announced the cast for his norse god series it's twilight it's called twilight of the gods and i'm trying to see some of the names in here yeah, I just like wanted Raul Cooley, Justin Thoreau. It's, it's one of those things where you name the names and then you're like, uh, who who are those people again? But it's Lauren like, you Cohen. Know, There's like a bunch John, of people we know. John Noble, who plays Odin, he's from Fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, Patterson Yosef is gonna play Yo- Loki. I can't remember where we last saw him from. You remember? Uh, I no, thought it was I, some, I, something superhero related. Maybe. Um, Corey Stoll, of course, from Ant Man. Yep. Yellow Jacket, be, and he's from House of Cards. Yeah, he's from House of Cards. He's playing. He's in this as well. I can't pronounce that name. He's gonna play. No, uh, Jamie Jamie Chung of Real World Challenge Fame. Nice. And also, no, don't do that to her. Country. She, yeah, she's bigger than Real World now. <laughs> she's in Lovecraft. <laughs> uh, she plays the character Hell. Um, Jamie Clayton is good. Is another actress in this. I don't remember her, but uh, Christopher Thorman. He 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 would you. He's the guy who played Thorman in Game of Thrones. Yeah, Thorman Game of yeah. Thrones. Uh, Lauren Co- Cohen, Cohen from, from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Um, Peter Stromer. He was in American Gods as like the uh, yeah. the Hammer God, not Thor, the other one. He's a face that you, people would recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia Ho- Hoyks is playing Sigrid, and I don't remember her from anything. Stuart Martin as Leaf. I remember I've seen this face. So oh, that's not Justin Thoreau. He looks just like Justin Thoreau. He does look like Justin Thoreau. Uh, Pilau Eskbeck is going to play Thor. Thor. And then Raul, and, uh, Cooley. Raul Cooley. Our guy. Yeah, so this is what he's doing. Nice. So shout out to Raul Cooley. Also, here's some other announcements. Good thing, Schubert. Uh, I have the dates because of anime talk. If not, I would have announced a bunch of Netflix animes that I don't know when are coming out. So Eden Zero has been out in Japan. I've actually been watching it uh, stream trapping out the bandwidth for anime talk, but it's going to be officially out of Netflix jail. It looks and, good. And we're, oh, no, Schubert, wait, hold on. I'm going to tell the date and then I'll talk about Eden Zero real quick. Uh, it drops on August the 26th. It'll be worldwide. Schubert, this is one of the best new gen animes I've ever seen. I love the manga. It's absolutely incredible. I think Eden Zero is something that should be reviewed on this show as well as anime talk. I think it's great. If you love My Hero, if you love Fire Force, 
if you love just anime in general, Eden Zero is going to be the next big one. Uh, also, yeah. Shaman King, that's I, dropping. I thought, Shaman, I thought Shaman King reminded me a little bit of like Soul Eater. Shaman King is uh, is early, early. It, it originally dropped in the 90s or the late 90s. This is a reboot. It's very Soul Eater-esque. It drops on August 9th. So you get Eden Zero August 26th uh, and Shaman King August 9th. Also, the Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway is a new movie that will drop on July 1st. Also, Netflix will be dropping the other Mobile Suit Gundam movies, Char's Counterattack, Mobile Suit Gundam 1, Mobile Suit Gundam 2, Soldiers of Sorrow, Mobile Suit Gundam 3, Encounters in Space. All of those films will drop on June 18th. But the new one, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, drops on July 1st. Also, the Godzilla anime drops at the end of the month. There's also a new Bright anime which I actually had in our notes for anime talk. So I'm glad that all of this really worked out so I could describe it to you. So um, the bright anime is fucking strange, it's a, bro. It's about a samurai and a orc. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much they are saying in the bright universe, there were samurais and this samurai named Ito. Where is this at named? Okay, here we go. Named uh, Izo. In this uh, orc named Raiden are bringing to they're working to protect a young elf girl in the wand she carries back to the uh, elves in the north. Fucking strange, bro. In anime, Weird. but whatever. I'll check it out. Also, the new Resident Evil exception, Make My Day and Castlevania spinoff are coming out as well. All anime form. Uh, Castlevania spinoff will f- uh, follow Trevor Belmont. I mean, not Be- Trevor Belmont, his son. Richter Belmont, and then there's we're gonna get a Splinter Cell anime, which I'm fucking excited about, and a Far Cry anime. All of this will be amazing. Are they gonna be animes, or what it looked like to me is that they're just gonna they almost look like the how Resident Evil is gonna be, mm. where it's like computer anime. It almost looks like the game, but the 3D stuff you're not playing. Well, Splinter Cell is they said is definitely gonna be an anime. Okay, and I think Far Cry is definitely gonna be anime. But okay. we're also getting the Resident Evil live action series at Netflix. It said its main cast. Lance Riddick from The Wire is to star as Albert Wesker. Along with Riddick, the star will scar- the series will star Ella Balanska, Tamara Smart, uh, Sienna Ogudong, uh, Adeline Rudolph, and pa- uh, Paola Nunez. Details on which characters the others will be playing is kept under wraps. Resident Evil was originally ordered at Netflix back in August. And yeah, so we're excited to see the actual video game uh happen it's it's going to be a one-hour yeah. show for eight episodes i like uh i like lance riddick mm-hmm. or riddick he's so a solid actor he's a solid he's, actor i'm glad he's gonna be part of that he's a very solid actor but but out of all this anime stuff eden zero is the one that y'all should be the most excited for it's going to be great the Godzilla anime I heard is pretty good because it's a Netflix jail right now. You could watch it if you want to stream the Japan version. So Eden Zero One, Godzilla anime two, Shaman King three. And that's not saying Shaman King is bad. It's really good. And then in terms of the new stuff, I hear Splinter Cell. They're actually working really hard on and Far Cry is more of the video game stuff you're talking about. I don't know about yeah. that. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like Far Cry has interesting stories. I just don't know what they're trying to pull from. Yeah, like are they going to tell like Far Cry is a weird video game to choose to make an adaptation of because it's it's well, open each, world. Each based, game is different, and each game takes place in a different time period. Are they going to do the 
10,000 BC where you're a caveman? I doubt it. Are they going to do the one where it's basically narcos? If I'm them, I would do the Asian one where they're going up against the uh, Indonesian gang on the island. I think that one would be very interesting. That was a good one. So, you know, just my thoughts on that. But here's some of the trailers we got this week. We only have three. The first one that I'll talk about is Kevin can fuck himself. I thought this was an interesting trailer, like sitcom, but a horror movie inside of it where she wants to kill him. I didn't say horror movie. It's more of like, it's like, you know, think about everybody loves Raymond and then think about like the wife and everybody loves Raymond. And if she had like a real life outside of the show and like, be like, she wants to kill Kevin. Everything's got to be about this dude. He's ruined my life. <laughs> it's literally like if the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond wants to kill Raymond. Yeah. So, you know, I might check it out. It looks funny. It looks it's pretty funny. It's got um, the actress who played in Schitt's Creek. Um, so I, I like what she's been doing. She's an Emmy winner. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a definitely different role for her. So it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. The next thing we got is Invasion. This is with uh, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Is so are aliens you know invading? Is? I watched the trailer. I was very this, confused. This is uh, each episode is going to take. From what I understand, I'm pretty sure each episode is a different perspective of this one invasion, okay. and it's supposed to be based off War of the Worlds. Ah, uh, so this is going to be like Vantage Point, this, this but. From it's like War of the Worlds, a series. Okay, so it's Vantage Point, but War of the Worlds. Like, we're seeing War of the Worlds, but through each person's eyes. Yeah, like from the dude who's in the military fighting in the Middle East. The the Korean or or Japanese um, space program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the woman at home, the kid in England that goes to school. Sam Neill. Sam Neill, some sheriff that finds prop circle or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, Are you interested in this? I am. Okay. You know, I think I think Apple's been doing some really great stuff. Oh yeah, this is I Apple TV. We are pro I, Apple. I cannot find a lot of negative in the work that Apple's been doing, and I think that this is a really interesting way to revive War of the Worlds. Yep. Also, I don't know if you saw, but the morning show dropped uh, the trailer for season, season two. two. But I haven't seen all of season one, so I don't want to talk. Ah, uh, okay. Well, the trailer looked pretty dang good. Also, our guy David Diggs, I wanted you to watch the trailer for this. His movie, and I was shocked. This is going to be a Showtime show. It looks pretty dang stars. good. Oh, stars. Excuse me. My bad. It does look like a, it is a star show. It looks pretty good. So they're doing a spinoff of Blind Spotting, but instead of uh, following. Uh, David Diggs's character, they're following Miles in the continuation of his life in Oakland. And I think it looks very, very good. He goes to jail uh, and it's about his wife having to deal with his sister and his mom and raising their kid and him getting out of jail and all that stuff. I think Raphael uh, Casal is a great actor. I, I, I literally saw the trailer for this a week ago, watched, rewatched Blind Spotting, the movie. Oh, that's what I watch. I should have said that at the beginning, but I was saving it for this. And then like research his work. He's like an actual musician. Him and David Diggs have been working for a long time. This is David Diggs passion project. I think this is going to be great. Yeah. And I think episode one dropped now. Yeah, it was already, it already came out. Okay, cool. So episode one did drop. So I think it's in the process of dropping. I don't think all the episodes are out yet. Yeah, I just remember whether it was, I think I have stars on Hulu or something because I remember seeing it pop up on my Hulu or something. Yeah, I have stars on Amazon. Okay, so yeah, only one episode is dropped. Yeah. 
So episode one. So I might uh, rev- I might watch it for next week and then let the people know what I think about the first two episodes because the trailer looks amazing. It, it, it does look pretty interesting. It kind of reminded me of Shameless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It definitely gave that Shameless vibe, but from Oakland, California, you get to see a different part of America. And yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. But the characters seem more endearing well, let me not say endearing because the shameless characters were endearing, but they seem less of fuckheads than the shameless characters. Yes, yes. <laughs> the final trailer, again, something that was announced early this year. They already animated it and we already have a trailer for it. Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe. Bravo, Kevin Smith, you and Mark Bernard. And this show looks great. I'm excited for it. And we're going to review it on here. They did a really good job with this uh, teaser trailer to get everyone hyped for it. And playing, doing the... I need a hero song. Mm-hmm. Like that, that made me just get really hyped up when I'm watching all this stuff with He-Man. Uh, Mark Hamill, Skeletor was really the only person you heard say a line. But it worked. It's, <laughs> it's all you needed. It's mm-hmm. all you needed. So, I mean, like like you said, you know, it's only been announced, I feel like it... This year, I feel. Yeah, bro. And we already got a trailer. Like, that tells me the Cowboy Bebop series is either really, really bad or they think it's going to be the best thing smoking. Uh, probably the former. Exactly. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Master of the Universe, I, th- I, I think I want to watch this. I've, not, I've never been much of a He-Man person, but I'll, I think I'm going to watch this. I think I look. I, I said we should review this on here. It looks really good. I'm excited for this. But next up, we got Zoe Kravis is making her directorial debut. Let's go, Zoe, with a uh, Pussy Island, a thriller starring Shannon Tatum as a tech billionaire and owner of a private island. The film follows a young Los Angeles cocktail waitress named Frida who has her sights on tech mobile slave. King, played by Tatum. Frida makes her way into King's inner circle and attends an intimate gathering on his private island where she will have the journey of a lifetime despite the beautiful location and wealthy people. Frida uncovers that there's more to the island than meets the eye, something terrifying. This sounds amazing. I'm super excited for this. There's actually been rumors about like Elon Musk and the the women he he, he dealt with before he married Grimes and like situation. I'm not going to say like this, but it, it seems very interesting that I heard about that rumor and this is a thing. Also, it seems very mm-hmm. Epstein-esque. Like I, like, I think Zoe Kravitz is about to make a great movie. Yeah, I think this is great for both names and Especially Shannon Tatum. We haven't heard from him yeah. in a while. We talked about and that last is, week. And, you know, Zoe Kravitz doing, making her directorial debut, I assume she might have some kind of role in, in, in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But this is... A really interesting concept for her to to pop out on the directing scene, but for Channing Tatum, this is really something that is different than what we're used to with him. Kind of something that doesn't seem as goofy. Expand so his hoping, range. Yeah, I'm hoping that this ends up being a really good movie for the both of them. This Same. Is a good opportunity. I agree. Really I agree. Interesting concept. When I saw this, I was like, "This, you know, Pussy Island is already a name that's going to draw you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First, we got Kevin can fuck himself. Now we got Pussy Island. <laughs> Yeah, this show is all. And then we had Batman not giving head. This show is wilding today. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, next up, we got New Line Cinema. They're going to return to Middle Earth. The studio behind the feature film trilogies of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit is partnering with Warner, Bro- Warner Bros. Animation on the an original anime theatrical feature. It's an anime movie. Yeah, the Lord crazy. of the Rings, The War of Rohim. Ro- I don't know how to say Lord of the Rings words. Rohirrim. The- <laughs> That's why uh, I don't know. The- I don't know either. The standalone feature will depict the bloody saga behind Helm's Deep, the fortress depicted in Lord of the Rings Two Towers, and the man in whose honor it's named, Helm Hammerhand. 
the legendary king of Rohan, who spent much of his reign locked in a prolonged and costly war. Veteran anime filmmaker Kenji Kamiyama, who helmed Netflix's Ultraman anime series, will direct the film. War of Rohim is not, however, connected to Amazon's Lord of the Rings series that is deep in production. That project is set in the second age of Middle-earth millennia before the events of the feature films. Helm Hammerhead's reign, by contrast, unfolded roughly 260 years before the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. This sounds dope. Look, I'm like I said, good to see Star Wars take anime. Now, Lord of the Rings, I said earlier, anime is one of the most popular genres out right now. You know, Lord of the Rings, they started as a cartoon. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of you know, coming back full circle for them and telling a story that was told within the actual saga in this way gives people something to look back on and maybe makes Two Towers a little bit better. True. Even though it's one of the greatest ones they did. So True, true. I'm not mad at this. Again, anything anime, I'm always for, and I love seeing stuff like this happen. So shout out to uh, Warner Brothers for acknowledging that anime is a, a, a media and art form that is absolutely incredible. Hopefully we can see more DC animated, uh, not animated, DC anime properties. That'd be interesting. I think yep. we'll, we're still going to definitely start seeing more and more. Uh, but next up, we got the Assassin's Creed live action series on Netflix has enlisted Jeb Stewart to serve as writer and showrunner. Stewart most recently created the Netflix series Vikings Valhalla, a continuation of the History Channel series Vikings. He is also known for his work writing hit films like Die Hard, Another 48 Hours, and The Fugitive. Look, <laughs> those are some of the worst the, person to get uh, as a showrunner. Those are some of the best action movies, but does he still have it? Now I haven't well, seen his, his Vikings Valhalla series. Wait, is that the it hasn't come out yet? Okay, because I was about to say the History Channel's Vikings is great. Hopefully, this could be good. But since he's done, he, since he knows about like Vikings in that era, there that's is a there is a a little similarity that yeah. does Vikings. I, you know, I think you know doing something like Vikings Valhalla does set you up for doing something in the Assassin's Creed vein. It just depends mm-hmm. on what they want to do. Cause I think like with the Assassin's Creed movie, they didn't really like focus they fo- too hard on they like, focus too much most- on the outside about the yeah. M instead of the, the actual assassin part, which is the game. Like I had, that made no sense to me about the game is about you being an assassin in Italy during that time of either the crusaders or just earlier Italian stuff. And you focus more on the futuristic guy who is inside of the a- Amibus uh, thing and about the government corruption like that shit's cool but it's not cool unless you get the assassin stuff like that movie that, was so bad I don't even remember what happened it makes no sense so hopefully this guy focuses more on the actual part of being an assassin and hopefully we follow Enzo because Enzo was a great assassin in Assassin's Creed yeah but I mean you know even if they don't follow Enzo I just hope that they really like make it more of a period series instead of like focusing I just want to do like, the Italian the stuff, stuff. I'd rather do the Italian stuff because there you could have the pirate assassin creed, the American, the Vikings. I don't want that. I'm with you. Focus on the period piece, but let's get the Italian classic Assassin's Creed and not some of the spin-off games. I think you can build up to that. You know, yeah. I think I think this Assassin's Creed could be an anthology series. It could be where one season we get the pirate stuff, one season we get the Viking stuff, one season we get the Japanese stuff. Like you could do it, but you got to start and build it from the ground up with the the layer because the Assassin's Guild starts off in Italy. You have to build it from the Italy branch and then outward. So that's a, that's yeah. a my only thing. But next up, we got Lucy. 
uh, Boynton from Bohemian Rhapsody and Will Poulter are set to star in Hugh Laurie's adaptation of Why Don't They Ask Evans? Oh, Hugh Laurie. Okay. One of Agatha Christie's earliest uh, murder mystery novels. Laurie is set to direct and act in a three-part series for BritBox North America, which he plays the creepy Dr. James Nicholson, a, a clinical director of Santorium, uh, Cynthia Ervo, has that's, that's, oh no, no that's no, a different no, no. story okay no. my bad but uh shout out to uh hugh laurie getting his directing back you know me i love murder mysteries i love Ag- agatha christie stuff so i'll check this out and he's playing a doctor again classic house shit yeah we'll, we'll figure out how how to get to it if you're not a BritBox person or you don't have the BritBox add-on on amazon uh which i would recommend you people should consider because BritBox does have a lot of really cool stuff you know there's i mean heck I've been watching what the the British Law and Order from time to time. That's that pretty good? interesting. <laughs> I'm I mean, to check that it's out. just it's just different, you know. It's like it's not the same old. So uh, I, I like watching British television. You know, my friend Joe, shout out to him. He who moved out to England with his with his wife. He's been telling me about all this British TV to check out. And okay. So, down to see Hugh Laurie do uh do an <laughs> Agatha Christie novel. Sounds pretty cool. Exactly. I'm with you. So next up, we got Cynthia Erva set up a remake of Bet Bet Midler's starring film The Rose, signing on to produce and star in the new movie for Searchlight. The Grammy, Tony, Emmy winner and two-time Oscar nominee will take on the title role in the musical romantic drama. She's trying to get the EGOT, which follows a self-destructive female rock star who struggles to deal with the constant pressures of her career and the demand of those who surround her. But while the new production will pay homage to the classic film, Ervo's take on the story is set to put it to contemporary on the high price of fame. The original film is loosely based on the life of Janis Joplin and considered to be many the quintessential fame about film about fame and addiction. The 20th Century Fox movie went on to earn four Oscar nominations, including Best Actress for Midler. I'm sure she's going to change the genre. I'm sure she's going to make this like for today. Um, R&B, R&B, soul artist. So, that type of shit. Even a, maybe even a pop artist. Ervo is maybe trying to artist, get, yeah. get her EGOT. I'm not a big Cynthia Ervo fan, but you know, I know a lot of people are. You, I know Why you not? are. I, I'm just, I just, I just don't like, I just don't like her stuff. I'm, well, I mean, I never saw Harriet, but like, I, you know, I still think I like, like her uh, bad times at the El Royale. Oh yeah, she wasn't bad was times in the, the El Royale. She was good in that. Damn, that I do like her in that. Other than that, I don't like Cynthia because bad times at the El Royale was fire. <laughs> but I also think that this could be very similar, you know, a contemporary version of kind of what we saw with the Billie Holiday stuff. So I think that could be pretty, pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Um, no. So Monica Lewinsky, she's inked her first look production deal with 20th Century or 20th Television ahead of the latest installment of American Crime Story Anthology series Impeachment, which we talked about before. Impeachment chronicles the events that led to Bill Clinton, who's going to be played by Clive Owen in his Bill Clinton's impeachment. Uh, the first of its kind in American history of a sitting president in over a century. Edie Falco is going to star as Hillary nice. Clinton, Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp, and Beanie Feldstein as Lewinsky herself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the uh, the series is slated to debut September 7th on FX and is based on Jeffrey Tubin's book, A Vast Conspiracy, the real story of the sex scandal that nearly brought down a president. Wait, Jeffrey Tubin? Is that Lubin Tubin? I don't know. Wait, do you wait? Do you not know who Jeffrey Tubin is? Is that the guy who was jerking off on CNN on Zoom and they caught his ass? He jerked off on a CNN Zoom meeting. Yeah, that's that him. That's be. that's Lubin Tubin. This is hilarious, bro. This is hilarious. We got a Lubin Tubin reference on this pod. I love it. 
okay, Beanie Feldstein is Lewinsky, and you're having Clive Owen as Bill Clinton. This is going to be a great series. I'm excited to watch this. Eddie Falco on. is Hillary Clinton. Exactly. Eddie Falco, I love her as uh, as a soprano, uh, as the soprano wife. I can't believe I can't think of her name right now. That's so embarrassing. It'll be ashamed. I know I should be ashamed as a Sopranos fan. Hold on. I'm going to get her name. Don't do this to me. Uh, Oh, Camella, Camella Soprano. Yeah, shout out to Eddie Falco. I'm excited for this. This sounds great. Yeah, I've been excited once I first heard uh, about this, and we've known Beanie Feldstein was going to be Lewinsky for a, a little while, but I didn't know that Clive Owen was going to be Clinton and Eddie nope. Falco was going to be Hillary Clinton's. And we're big, so. and we're big Feldstein fans. Ever since sure, yeah, I mean, she's great. So I, I think this is going to be a really interesting role for her to take on. Um, but yeah. Monica Lewinsky is uh, is locked in on telling this story. Good for her. Make your money, Shay. Um, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, the American Gigolo series adaptation starring John Barenthal has been <laughs> ordered to a series at Showtime. Hear me out. <laughs> Barenthal will play Julian Kay, a character played by Richard Gere in nice. <laughs> the film. Uh, Julian is introduced 15 years after he's been arrested for murder and struggling to find his footing in a modern day Los Angeles sex industry. He seeks the truth about the setup that sent him to prison all those years ago and also hoping to reconnect with Michelle, uh, his one true love. The series will also star Rosie O'Donnell as homicide detective Sunday, Lizzie (laughs) Brocher as sex worker ring heiress Isabel, Gabrielle LaBelle as a younger version of Julian named Johnny. Leland Orser as Richard Stratton, self-made tech billionaire and guest star Wayne Brady as Lorenzo. <laughs> is Wayne Brady uh, going to have to choke a bitch? <laughs> he might. Uh, Ray, Don- Ray Donovan alum David Hollander serves nice. as writer, director, and show- showrunner, and Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced the original film, will also produce this. This sounds great. <laughs> I'm, it does. Th- this sounds like we're going to be reviewing this. Showtime got us with your like, honor. Me, yeah. This sounds amazing. That's what I was saying when I said American Chicken with John Barenthal. I was like, well, hold on. This is, you know, hold <laughs> hear on me out. Wait till you hear what it's about. You're right. I love the cast. You got John Barenthal. I'm interested to see Rosie O'Donnell as this detective. Like, what? And then we got my boy Rain Brady coming in. Let's go. And then Ray Donovan's a great, great TV show. So I'm interested in this. Yeah. So Showtime might have another winner on their hands with American Gigolo. Yes, they, yes, they might. Uh, so the first Star Trek series created for kids has a full cast. Oh Paramount gosh. Plus and Nickelodeon announced on Monday that Ella Pernal, uh, Brett Gray, Riley Alazariqui, D. Bradley Baker, Angus Emery, and Jason Manzukis will. Is that why you put up. the story in here for our guy Jason? Because we're well, big Manzukis fans. <laughs> Yeah, that, and um, I'll tell you once we get to the end of the story, uh, that's going to be the voice cast. The um, the animated series is set to premiere on Paramount Plus later this year. Kate Mulgrew, who is going to reprise her role from Star Trek Voyager as Catherine Janeway, she will also be in the series. For the first time in Trek in a Trek series, the main cast is made up of all alien species mm. as these six young characters end up commandeering an abandoned Starfleet mess- vessel and must learn how to operate it in order to survive, with Mulgrew's Janeway serving as their guide as the ship's emergency training hologram. Ah, that's why you put the story in here. No, what I think, the reason I put the story in here is that I I saw a little bit of the first look of what this series is going to look like. It looks like it's Rebels Clone Wars. Mm, So I think this is like Star Trek trying to take the, the, um, the mold of Rebels and Clone Wars and mix it into their Star Trek lore. 
So okay. like, you know, it says it's a series created for kids, but it's also a Paramount Plus exclusive series. So this is not like, this isn't Nickelodeon. So this is like the yeah. iCarly thing, how it's still a little bit more adult-esque, but it, it, it you know, it's not in a Nickelodeon I mean, show. Know, I mean, Nickelodeon's a part of it, but it's like, but it's not going to be on Nickelodeon. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. So like, th- think about Clone Wars on Netflix. Mm, okay. So, you know, it, it could, I think it could be a little bit more serious than it's letting on as a kid show. All right, fair, fair. I'll check that out then, if that's the case, because Star Trek Clone oh, Wars? Okay. I mean, we'll see. I mean, neither of us are big Star Trek people. I don't know if you understand it. but True. That's another true thing. So next up, we got Netflix has uh, officially revealed the cast of actors who will be lending their voice to the upcoming Big Mouth animated spinoff series, Human Resources, described as a workplace comedy that takes place within the uh, world of Big Mouth's Hormone Monsters. The news of the upcoming spinoff series was first announced back in 2019 as a part of the overall deal for show creators in the streamer when Netflix confirmed that Big Mouth was renewed through season six. Nick Kroll and Maya Rudolph will reprise their roles, uh, reprise their Big Mouth roles for Human Resources alongside Saturday Night Live's A.D. Bryant, Randall Park, and, uh, and Kiki Palmer who will be joining the cast as season regulars. Shame Wizard voice actor David Thewlis also returns for the series, as well as Brandon Kyle Goodman, a writer for Big Mouth Season 4. Human Resources is being advertised as much more adult series, focusing around the hormone monsters, Shame Wizards, Depression Kitties, and many other species that guide humanity through various stages of life. I think it's a funny spinoff to do. I'm more interested in just continuation of Big Mouth. Yeah, because I just I just don't... I just don't know how it's going to be without the kids. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it could be an interesting show. Definitely worth a, a try for the spinoff. We'll see how it goes. That's true. You know, they, they added good people to the cast. AD Bryant, Randall Park, Kiki Palmer. Not a bad, not a bad addition to the group. That's a fact. So we'll definitely be giving that a, giving that a look-see. Next up, we got Lizzie Kaplan, Christian Slater. Shout out my guy from True Romance, Christian Slater. And Clark Duke are set to lead the cast of Netflix adult animated conspiracy theory comedy series Inside Job from your one of your favorite shows, Gravity Falls writer Shion Takuchi and creator Alec Hirsch. Uh, Takuchi and Hirsch revealed the cast today during Netflix adult animation studio focused at the Annecy Animation Festival, which includes Andrew Daly, Bobby Lee from uh, Mad TV, and his podcast uh, Tiger 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 Belly, and uh, John DiMaggio from Futurama, Tisha Campbell, who you may know from My Wife and Kids, and Brett Gelman yep. from Stranger Things. Inside Job is an adult animated comedy about the shadow government and dysfunctional team whose daily grind is committing the world's conspiracies from convoluted cover-ups to secret societies to mass orgy etiquette. Navigating office culture at Cognito Inc. can be tricky, especially for anti-social tech genius Regan Ridley. Even in the workplace filled with reptilian shapeshifters, psychic mushrooms, she's seen as the odd one out for believing the world could be a better place. Regan thinks she can make a difference if only she could manage her unhinged manifesto writing father and her irresponsible co-workers to finally snag the promotion she's been dreaming about. Kaplan is uh, Regan Ridley, Cognito Inc.'s associate tech genius. Slater is Rand Ridley, Regan's father and disgrace head of Cognito Inc. Duke is Brett Hand, a lovable DC. Yes, dude. Uh, Daly is Junior. Shimi Pio, CEO at uh, Cognito. 
Uh, Lee plays Dr. Andre, a free, free-spirited biochemist. DiMaggio's Glenn Dolphman, a half-man, half-dolphin. <laughs> Campbell plays Gigi. Cognito's fast-talking head of media manipulation and subliminal message. And Gelman is Magic Mick, a psychic subterranean mushroom creature from a hive mind from within hollow earth. This sounds absolutely amazing, hilarious, and I'm going to watch this. I'm more excited about this than a big, big mass spinoff. Same. I mean, the QAnon community is going to have a field day with this shit. <laughs> yeah, they're going to like tap into every conspiracy that ever was and be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely real. Like this. Mm-hmm. One, and we're creating it or like. And that's why this is hilarious. And yeah, that's why this is funny. Main, and also Gravity cast. Falls people have shown they can make conspiracy theory stuff without even having real world stuff to rely on. So. Sure. You know, um, I believe uh, Takuchi is going to be the one who's going to be the showrunner. Okay. Um, so they're going to they're going to run with it here. I mean, a great cast: Lizzie Kaplan, Christian Slayer, Clark Duke, John DiMaggio played Bender, uh, Bobby Lee. So you know, good good uh, good cast here for voice acting. I think the ideas sound, and you know, as long as Netflix doesn't fuck it up, yeah, it should be, be a winner. A big deal. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. So moving on, the Marsh King's daughter has rounded out its cast with Brooklyn uh, Prince, Gil Birmingham, and Karen Pistorius. All, all names, if you look at them, you'll definitely know what you've seen them from. Um, they're joining the ensemble of the psychological thriller. They will appear alongside the previously announced Daisy Ridley and Ben Mendelsohn in the big screen adaptation of Karen Dion's best-selling novel of the same name. Neil Berger will direct. The logline is um, Marsh King's daughter follows Helena, played by Daisy Ridley, a woman living in a seemingly ordinary life with her husband and young daughter, but hiding in a, but hiding a dark secret within that her father is the infamous March King, the man who kept Helena and her mother captive in the wilderness for years. Helena is forced to face her demons when her father escapes from prison unexpectedly, knowing that he will hunt her, hunt for her and her family. Helena must find the strength to confront her past and the man she once idolized. All right, cool. It sounds semi-interesting. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, so let's see if Daisy really, you know, this could be another turning point for her because chaos walking didn't really pay off as much as she might have hoped. <laughs> so, That's true. But hey, you know, Ben Mendelsohn, I'm assuming he might be the Marsh King. If it, you know, he's a menacing guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do a great job. The three names that I added in, you know, Brooklyn Prince, Gil uh, Birmingham, and Karen Pistorius, uh, Brooklyn Prince, she is on the a- Apple TV series Home After Dark, or the one where she's like trying to solve a murder mystery. So um, is this like, re- is this like a, a like a, this is not fantasy, right? This is real. Well, it's like real life, but I mean, I don't think it's a real story. Okay, so yeah, this is gonna be like like a basically like a prisoners type thing, like the uh, the Marsh King like kept them captive, like underground, like on some. On like some creepy man shit, huh? Something like that, yeah. I hope this isn't like another chaos walking teen no, book no, no, situation. No, no. Okay, no, cool. no, no, no. I mean, this should be like pretty grounded in reality. Uh, some grimy shit. Like Daisy Ridley needs something serious like this to show that she's like legit. I believe. But I'm uh, naming the other guys: Gil Birmingham, like. A lot of people will probably remember him from Twilight, but he was also had some roles in Hell or High Water and uh, 
and Wind River. Okay. And that was the one I most recently saw him in. And uh, Karen Pistorius, she was the lead in Mortal Engines. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, well, yeah, I'll definitely give this a shot. So moving into my reality bag, Too Hot to Handle Season 2 will premiere June 23rd. Netflix will drop Season 2 in two batches of episodes. The first four will go live on June 23rd, while the remaining six will be lined up for June 30th. Let's go. I love some reality TV. You know, I've been watching The Bachelor. I got my thoughts on that, but I'll save that for when when we do Movie on the Rise. What what I will say about Too Hot to Handle is I do like that Netflix is now kind of mingling their With the reality circle? shows. I need so to like, finish yeah. The Circle. I haven't finished so, it yet. You need to finish it. But uh, so maybe somebody from The Circle might pop on Too Hot to Handle now. Anything's possible when it comes to Netflix reality show world. They're mm-hmm. almost like their own Bachelor Nation in that sense. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and then the other series coming coming out on HBO Max, Nikki Glaser is heading mm-hmm. F-Boy Island. She's going to host the 10 episode dating series at, on HBO Max. See, HBO's jumping in the reality world. That's going to be gas. Like, eight, nah, with Nikki Glazer, they know what they're doing. That's going to be fucking fire. And I don't even know uh, the just, premise yet. Just wait and see who's in charge of it. Created by Elon Gale, who is a part of the Bachelor franchise, created Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, crap. And, and Sam Dean, who was the showrunner for Love is Blind, which oh, was they, really they, this is about to be a hit. This is about to be a smash. Uh, F-Boy Island sends three women to a tropical island where they're joined by 24 men, a dozen self-proclaimed nice guys looking for love, <laughs> and 12 self-proclaimed fuckboys who are there to compete for cold, hard cash. That sounds amazing. The, syno- the synopsis is the women will navigate the dating pool together with the hope of finding a long-lasting love, love connection. By the finale, all will be revealed. Who is a nice guy? Who is it? Fuckboy. And who do the women ultimately choose? <laughs> F-Boy Island is a social experiment that asks the age-old question. Can F-Boys truly reform? Or do nice guys always finish last? This is going to be incredible. I'm excited for this. HBO knows what they're doing. And to get Nikki Glazer, Elon Gale, and Sam Dean, that is just bravo. Shows Netflix, mm, maybe the circle and Too Hot to Handle got something to worry about because F-Boy Island sounds like it's going to be some gas. Yeah, I mean, Too Hot to Handle is already going to be struggling because they're going to be going up against The Bachelorette. Uh, Love Island, Brit- uh, the British version, comes Which is out the best. A week, a week after Too Hot to Handle starts. And then HBO Max, the show I assume is going to come sometime this summer. And then Bachelor Paradise is right around the corner. So... I think two out of the handles, the one that's going to get swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. That's what it's seeming like. So, all right, next up, we got the MacGruber series as Peacock has added Sam Elliott, Lawrence Fishburne, and Mickey Rourke to its cast. Okay. The trio of acting legends previously joins cast members Will Forte, Kristen Wiig, and Ryan Phillippe in an eight-episode series after rotting in prison for over a decade. America's ultimate hero and uber-patriot MacGruber is finally released. His mission to take down a mysterious villain from his past, Brigadier Commander Enos Queeth. Rourke will, with the entire world in the crosshairs, MacGruber must assemble his old team, Vicky St. Elmo, Wig, Dixon, Piper, Philippi, in order to defeat the forces of evil. Damn. They got Sam Elliott, Lawrence Fishburne, and Mickey Rourke in this comedy, MacGruber. This, I don't know how this sounds. It sounds like this might be trash. It, it all depends on how people see MacGruber. MacGruber was a popular SNL skit, and I think I, I guess I enjoyed the SNL skit, but I definitely didn't see the movie. Mm. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean, see like, the, I didn't see the Four Taste movie either. I'm still not um, paying for Peacock, and me this neither. Make me want to pay for it? <laughs> nope, I'm not in anymore. Peacock either. So, and speaking now, of the next Peacock, series, maybe. So, is this a live action or is this anime? Because animated, because Ted was live action anyway. Okay, action. so so it's still live action. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just Ted again. Okay, so a live action series adaptation of the Ted movie has been ordered straight to series as Peacock Variety has learned. Seth MacFarlane is currently in negotiations to reprise the voice role of Ted. MacFarlane will also executive and write, executive produce and write the series. So yeah, we're just getting a Ted TV show. I don't know why they said it like that in the that's weird. It's because it's yeah, I don't know why they said it like that either, But I mean, like my question is obviously Mark Wahlberg isn't coming back. I mean, I wouldn't say obviously, maybe he's not. Maybe he'll reoccur. I don't know what the, but it's like, this going to be Ted. Bef- well, Ted always was with Mark Wahlberg. So maybe it's like, a different Ted. Maybe it is a different Ted. That'd be interesting. Maybe. But, I mean, di- Ted was one of a kind because of the wish. So I, I just True. don't know. Yeah, this is weird. Be. This is weird. Maybe this is like where Mark Wahlberg gives up Ted and now he's with another group or another family. Maybe it's about him having to deal with being abandoned by Mark and having to find a new kid or something. Yeah, or just on his own. On his own, yeah, true. All right, next up we got Will Smith is set to host and star in a one-hour comedy variety special at Netflix. Variety has learned the series will include comedy sketches, musical performances, surprise celebrity guests, and noteworthy conversations, among other things. It's set to launch on Netflix globally later this year. Hey, Will Smith, I understand your movies have been trash, so I guess it's time <laughs> to put out like something back to the comedy world. I see him, you know, got to make that money somehow because he hasn't put out a good movie in God knows how long. Mm, yeah. Because Bad Boys uh, was okay. It wasn't great. I would say Bad Boys is the only one because, I mean, Bright sucked. In Suicide um, Squad, he was good. Gemini but the movie Man sucked. sucked. Yep. Gemini Man sucked. Uh, oh, well, Focus was pretty good, but Focus was so long ago. Focus was like 2016. Focus was Wasn't so it? Or like earlier than that. Yeah. I've been 13. But I, but I liked Focus, though. Focus was pretty good. <laughs> Him and Margaret. Um, the next three stories are all kind of meh, but okay. I, you know, I thought we could talk about them anyway. <laughs> Jeff Will Jeff Wilbush, who is uh, best known for the Netflix series Unorthodox, very good series, has been cast in the Netflix drama series Breathe. Wilbush joins previously announced lead Melissa Berea, who is the star of In the Heights. Um, Berea will star as Liv, a razor-sharp Manhattan attorney who finds herself profoundly out of her comfort zone when her small plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness and she must battle for survival. Wilbush will play recurring guest star Danny, who is Liv's love interest. Danny's a lawyer for at Liv's firm, who she has a one-night stand before before, before they begin an on-again, off-again relationship. I assume flashbacks. Okay. But, you know, this is kind of interesting because Berea, you know, she's just coming off in the Heights, this is kind of a, a big True. deal for her to kind of show her acting range and being in a, you know, a, a survivalist a movie. Show. All right. Good for her. You know, we'll see what they got. I need to see a trailer for this, though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, the next next up, we got Ger- uh, Gerard Butler and Miranda Baccarin are going to reprise their roles in a Greenland sequel. Trash. Trash. Did you ever see Greenland one? No. Why? Bro, I'm, I haven't watched a Gerard Butler movie in 
since Den of Thieves. Like, because that was yeah. 50 Cent. That was fire. Anything Gerard Butler is in by himself where he's saving the world, either saving the president, saving the environment, saving space, all that shit is trash. Yeah, I didn't see Greenland. It came out during during COVID and it was an apocalyptic near extinction mm. level event. So it was just like one of those things where that just did not fit the vibe. Sorry. In <laughs> um, a continuation of the story of the Garrity family who survive a near extinction level event, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, who cares? <laughs> uh, when an inter- oh, interstellar, when an inter- interstellar comet hits the earth, uh, they must leave the safety of the Greenland bunker and embark on a perilous journey across a decimated frozen wasteland of Europe to find a new home. Nice, Gerard Butler. Keep making trash movies. Uh, next up, Jennifer Lopez. She's going to star in oh a sci-fi gosh. thriller called Atlas for <laughs> Netflix. Brad Payton, who orchestrated on-screen Carnage and Rampage and Sam oh Andreas. Great start. He's going to direct the film. <laughs> uh, Atlas unfolds in a bleak-sounding future where an AI soldier has determined the only way to end war is to end humanity. Obviously, this extremist approach to achieving a pacifist paradise doesn't go down so well with Lopez who finds herself teaming up with um, the one thing she fears most, another AI. Oh my God. Jennifer, you did such a good job in Hustlers and now you're back doing trash movies. This sounds horrible. Like Netflix is just wasting money with this. JLo, you, you got Ben back. Let, get him to put you to in To write movie. something, to direct something. Like, oh my gosh, this sounds horrible. You go team up with the Rampage and San Andreas star. nasty 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 netflix you see why amazon hulu and hbo max has passed you up as best streamer because y'all put out shit like this this is horrible yeah it's pretty bad man pretty bad oh geez and speaking of bad let's talk about this netflix avatar the last airbender series uh it's gonna be one hour shows 10 episodes. This is what it's uh, this is the log line. A reimagined live action series based on the award winning beloved Nickelodeon animated series Avatar The Last Airbender, which follows the adventures of the main protagonist Aang and his friends who must save the world by defeating Fire Lord Ozai in the destructive war with the Fire Nation. Aang will be 12. Uh, Katara will be 14. Sokka will be 16. Zuko will be 17. Interesting. Right. Just because- well, that's, that's better because we heard that story earlier on that Sokka was supposed to be Aang's age. You better turn Zuko. Zuko can't hit on Katara then at all. He can. He's 17. Bro, bro when I was a senior and junior <laughs> in high school, I was hitting on freshman in high school. Like, I know, but I'm it's just It's not going to weird me out. <laughs> just a, it's just a different age, man. It's a different age. Zuko, st- stick to, uh, stick to me. He, he, no, I mean, he's still, still, they're still all under 18. This, this is all high school. Like, if, if, if Katara was 12... Like, That'd be yeah, weird. <laughs> she, oh, are you in high school at fourteen? Yeah. Okay. 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 But still, keep that to a minimum. <laughs> keep that to a minimum. And I don't even want to see Katara hitting on fucking uh on on old boy with the straw in his mouth. Jet like all those Jet. relationship Katara has in the TV show. You gotta cut them out. She's sixteen in the TV show. She's fourteen now. Cut them out. Cut them out. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> cut them out. Cut them out. No, you can have them. They just can't be so serious. <laughs> they can't be like it was in the TV show. No yeah, dudes yeah, was yeah. trying to smang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't be like that. No, no. That's all I'm saying. And they had her hooking up with everybody. She can't be doing they that did. in this. <laughs> Jet, uh, what's mustache the Mustache guy. Name? Dude grew a whole mustache when we saw him again. 
<laughs> nigga was an adult. Oh, God, I can't remember what that dude was. Uh, the Earthbender. Like, you know who he was. Yeah. His father got arrested. We just reviewed this I know, this but shit. I can't remember his name. Oh, oh, I don't dude. know his name. I just know he got a fat mustache. <laughs> because, like, Sokka was saying, like, he's got a mustache now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Him, Jet. There was another guy Katara was hitting on. Can't just can't have that in this one. But, you know, better than, better than like you said, better than having uh, Soka 12 and Katara 16 and Aang 11. Weird. So, but uh, also the final thing we have is THR reports that we're getting a sequel to Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge. Mortal Kombat's uh, Legends Battle of the Realms is in development. They're bringing back most of the cast from the uh, Scorpion's Revenge, which includes Jordan Rodriguez as Luke Kang, Patrick Seitz as Scorpion, and uh, Hanzo Hasashi, Art Butler as Sushang and Cyrax, Robert Atkin Downs as Shinnok and Rico. Dave B. Mitchell as Raiden in Katara and Sector. Uh, and then they're adding new people to the cast as Joel McHale and Jennifer Carpenter as Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. They're also bringing Matthew Mercer as Stryker in Smoke, uh, Bernardo de Magurio as Sub Zero in uh, Kuao Liang, Matt Yang King as Kung Lao, Paul Nakauchi as uh, Lin Kui, Grandmaster. Emily O'Brien as Jade and Deborah Wilson as Devora. I think this is dope. Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge is the best Mortal Kombat movie, even over the fucking new one. So the fact that we're getting a sequel that's going to actually be the tournament, I'm excited for. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty neat. I do remember the, the kid's name. It was Haru. Ah, Haru. Mustached Haru. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this Mortal Kombat thing seems pretty dope. I'm excited for yeah. it. So I think. Mortal Kombat is really great, greatly served in the anime animated. They, they can do everything they want to do. Yep, I agree. And with that being yeah. said, that's the end of the note, the news for this week. Time to get into the segment of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show for you to watch that's new this week or before the new episode, the next episode drops, or it's something we've been watching that's been out for a little bit that we think you should check out. This segment is called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got for the people? All right. Um, so iCarly will start on Paramount Plus this weekend. Today. Today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Dave started yesterday. So yeah. it's gone Hulu today. So you should check out both we're of gonna those. Be, Icar- we're going to be reviewing it next week because I just didn't get a chance to watch it. I did see some more interviews with the iCarly group and they were like, this is 100% an adult show. Nice. Uh, so... Be, be aware of that. It made me a little bit more excited and wanting to tune in. Uh, I did watch the first episode of Dave. It was, you know, kept with the, kept with the theme. So I'm more interested in seeing some, some of the more episodes going forward. It was one of those Dave episodes that makes you just ugh, cringe. So we're going to be reviewing all three next week. Since now that I know it comes out on Wednesdays and we review this later than when it comes out, I'll watch it live. I just didn't know. Yeah. And then it comes out at nine. So yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, Luca on Disney Plus. If you want to pay thirty dollars, yikes! Just go uh, to the movie actually, theaters. Yeah, I might as well go to the movie theaters. I did actually watch Ray and the Last Dragon. Loved it. It was great. Nice. Okay. Cool. Loved it. I, it's one. Of, I told uh, my girlfriend afterwards. I was like, okay, well, when I have a kid and they want to watch these Disney movies, I hope they glom onto this one and not Frozen. I, I'd really yeah. rather watch this one. Yeah. The College Bowl, Peyton Manning's quiz show oh, okay. is going to premiere June twenty second next Tuesday. So before we on uh, NBC, before we do the next pod, okay, cool. And then um, the 
uh, Nick Cage movie about him fighting the animatronic uh, <laughs> machines. <laughs> Willy's Wonderland has come out. I reviewed it on Letterboxd. I reviewed it two and a half stars. I gave it a half star because it's a two-star movie, but it's one of the better two-star movies I've ever damn seen. It's, <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's 90 minutes of tons of fun. Okay. I, I loved I loved every minute of watching Willy's Wonderland. So I'll have to check it out. Okay, Willy's Wonderland. I'm really excited for Dave and I Carly now. So that's dope. All right. So for me, by the time you guys hear this, there's a new anime out called Record of Ragnarok. I showed Schubert the trailer before we started this. Basically, the world is ending. The gods are fed up with humanity. But one god is like humans deserve a chance to fight back. So they invoke the tournament uh, of Ragnarok to where the gods will fight against all uh, different gods will fight against humanity's greatest fighters and greatest combatants or uh, worst criminals to fight for humanity's survival. I believe this season we're going to see four God battles, but I believe in total there's like 10 or 12. So we're going to get four of the, uh, four of the first battles, which is going to be dope. One of them is definitely, which we see in the, in the trailers, Thor, Thor looks badass. So this is amazing. I'm literally watching this as soon as we finish potting that's out today. Rick and Morty season five drops this Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. And then on June 21st, Batman, the long Halloween part one comes out. I will watch it before the next pod and give y'all my thoughts on it. So next week we'll have Dave, Batman the Long Halloween and Loki. So y'all have a lot to hear from us for next week. And let's get into talking about Loki, man, because if, you know, I thought the first episode was good, mm-hmm. but this episode put it over the top for me. Like I'm ready to get to I, once this episode ended, I was like, give me more. Like I'm yep. ready for the next one. Like also, this- I think, I don't think Lady Loki is Loki. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think she's enchantress. Probably so. I think she's enchantress, but I did love the uh, the fact that they presented Lady Loki and it was basically her saving up all of these like TVA capsule things to open up different portals in the multiverse to just make it go crazy. And she I, bombed it. Yeah, as I said. Yep, yep, yep. And the t- called the TVA off guard. I love the relationship between Owen Wilson and Loki growing, and you even see that. Like Owen Wilson was so upset when Loki went with through the portal instead of staying with him because he felt that they built a relationship. But even on Loki's face, you could see it was hard for him to make that decision. But he just wants to see everything through and see what's going on there. It's not necessarily that he's going to go side with Lady. They don't know that true, but it's it's not that he's going to go side with Lady Loki. It's just he wants to see these things through. And it's going to be interesting to see how. If they knew what was actually going on, they'd be a part of it. It's just like. Just one of those deals where they just don't know the full story. Yeah, true. But he, I mean, would you believe Loki if you told him that? If you're no. Mor- Morbius, yeah. So it, it's a catch twenty two. So you just have to see what he's gonna do, and hopefully he doesn't betray you. Yeah, I, I thought the build up was pretty good with it. You know, going in, back and forth to the Renaissance Fair, Loki discovering that you can live within the apocalypse points of the variant. Like at yeah. first, I thought it was like, oh, is this like his scheme to get to Asgard? But, uh, you know, he made a really good point. They showed it in the Pompeii thing. Uh, they, I, I found it funny that they went to 2050 Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I meant to mention that to you. Like, the Captain America uh, and Winter Soldier had us in Louisiana. Loki got us in Alabama. Marvel hidden, hidden our two states. Yeah, um, a Category 8 hurricane. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, that's wild. Crazy. Uh, but I, it, seems, also, it seems like it could happen. You know. Very possible. 
also love the fact that we got a superstore like in this, like the 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 version of like the 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 grocery store for this. Walmart, I thought that was hilarious. Much. Yeah, well, it's yeah. called like Rocks Block or Rocks something like that. I don't remember what it was called, but I mean the product placement in there was popping. <laughs> like, I saw all sorts of different brand names: <laughs> Dell, Cuisine Art, Rocks Cart. That's what it's called. I took some notes. <laughs> uh, I did. T- take some screenshot pictures of the timeline blowing up and to the different dates and locations that are kind of noteworthy and interesting. Uh, they got like 1808 Colorado, 1700 Finland, which I assume is Vikings. Um, 1382 ego. Mm. Um, so that, you know, from guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, 1982 Titan. Um, mm. 1947, New York. What have we Ooh, got here? That's interesting. That's around World War II. You need to look for times around World War II for maybe X Men connections. Not saying that that's going to happen, but possible. That's a good point. Um, a thousand and one Xandar, which nice. is something we've heard of. Uh, 1999, Kingsport, USA. Don't know where that is. Ooh, that uh, might have to deal with, uh, that might have to be with Captain Marvel. Uh, 51 AD, what is that? Hail? That's at some planet. Uh, 1984, Tokyo, Japan. Mm. Uh, 1947, New York. Okay, I already said that one. Um, 2004, Asgard. Nice. 1999, Cookville, USA. 1551, Thornton, USA, which is wrong because USA didn't exist in the 1500s. True. Uh, uh, 23... Zero one Vormir, another planet we've heard mm. of before, and uh, fourteen ninety two Lisbon, which is right around Columbus. Oh, okay, cool. Because fourteen ninety two Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So, yep, and he's from Spain. So I'm loving all this TVA stuff. Like it, it sets up potentially so much for Marvel and just so much different craziness. And it it makes me think that the multiverse of madness is going to be insane. Same. I, you know, I, I think like this kind of gives us the idea of like what we're going, what's going to happen the rest of the series. Cause like at first episode, I'm like, so what is like this whole series going to be about? And then second episode, they're immediately going to meet this variant. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where was the buildup? And now that we've got this bombing of the timeline, I kind of understand where we could see a Loki series continuing. And there's gonna, I think there's going to be more variants of him. There might be. Yep. Like I think that were what I saw from Twitter, but I'm not really don't really remember it in the series was like there were different holograms of Loki popping up. I don't remember that either, but I do know they casted multiple versions of Loki. So I could see if there were the holograms in there, that's who they're going like, after. But apparently there's like Loki with a big Viking helmet. And there's a kid Loki as well. A kid Loki, yeah. So. Yep. But yeah, I, I thought this episode was really, really spot great. On, really, yeah, no, really I dug it. me up for for this. Again, yeah. I think Loki's going starting really strong. The first two episodes of WandaVision was weak. The first, like, was not. Let me not say weak. Was bad. Was really bad. Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, the first two episodes were build up. They were good ish. I liked them. They were okay. This has been great. I think they. I think WandaVision was their startup. Falcon Winter Soldier built it up even more so. And then Loki's hitting all strides. It's very interesting that they were going to release Falcon Winter Soldier before WandaVision. I think they've had made a good choice in seeing that WandaVision might not be as good as we thought. So let's go 
Falcon Winter Soldier and then Loki and build up build up this MCU TV. So now it's like this stuff is really good. Yeah, I mean this this show's been firing on all cylinders, and I and Tom Hiddleston's been, been great too. Yeah, I mean he's done a really good job. It, kind of like when we heard that there was a new Loki series, it was like, well, what, what are we going to do here? Like, how mm-hmm. is Loki going to be able to carry on in his own series? But I think they've done a really good job with it. We got four episodes left. All the all of these actors who haven't gotten their shine in the movies are showing, hey, we're great. Elizabeth Olsen, sure. Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Paul now Bettany. Paul Bettany, and now t- uh, Tom Hiddleston. It was always like, yeah, you were the better part of Thor, but can you do it by yourself? And it's like, yeah, bro, I was carrying Chris Hemsworth. He was. He was. He was. Like, Chris Hemsworth didn't get good till Ragnarok. Like, Ragnarok yeah. is when it flipped, and he started carrying Loki. And now it's like, no, hold up. I'm still this guy. And I really love Owen Wilson, like, as Agent Mobius. He's great. Yeah, he's doing a really good job. I do man. not like the Lovecraft lady, though. God, she no. loves me. But I, I do... Um... I did find what was interesting was when Mobius was talking to his boss, mm-hmm. the other, the other lady. Um, and like, I still feel like the timekeepers thing is something that we're going to get into a little bit more later on. And I thought they had a really interesting conversation when like Loki was like talking to Mobius about, oh, so the timekeepers created you and everything. He's like, well, how did you get created? And they're like, Mm, talking true. about how Loki gets crazy. It's like, well, do we ever really know? Do we ever really know? True. Yeah, that was that is a good point. I'm feeling like the timekeepers are going to be this Wizard of Oz f- fake man behind the curtain type situation. Maybe. I mean, it reminds me a lot of the Green Lantern Corps. True. 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 true, what, true like true. every time I see it, I think it's the Green Lantern group. It does. It does have similarities to that. But I'm loving Loki, man. This is great. I'm excited to see episode three and keep this going. My mother. Uh, I, um, thing that I was thinking of with the timekeepers was like maybe like Kang the Conqueror is like parading as one. Mm, could be, could be a, could be per faking as one. Could be a former timekeeper. They they could do a lot with that. Or he's uh, you know, the people behind va- the variant Lokis. Maybe, and I think like the idea of a timekeeper is that a timekeeper doesn't necessarily have to be a, an old person either. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, was, isn't King of Conqueror like someone that hasn't even been born yet in our current timeline? So like, yep. who says the timekeepers aren't like future people who like come back and forth controlling no, the timeline? I mean, that's so, a good point. That's a good so point. I, th- I think it's really possible. Like, because every time I see him, I'm like, that kind of looks like what I imagined King of Conqueror was doing. I'm definitely going to next episode. I'm going to come with some theories. I was I'm keeping it light. I'm going to do some more research because I'm my knowledge on Loki isn't high. My knowledge on Captain America, Winter Soldier, that type of stuff is is higher. So I need to read some Loki stuff to to really dive into it. I'm going to have some theories for us after next episode, though. Don't worry. Yeah, well, yeah. But I do like your King of the Cocker theory. You were spot on last last time with uh, what's her name is the power broker. So hopefully you're right about this one. So, you know, the good thing for all the ladies out there who are big Tom Hilson fans is, you know, Loki isn't a hero. So Mm -hmm. there you go. He's killing it. But now that there's now that we catch that. 
Wait, oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Went flew over my head. I was thinking about the Bachelorette, and for for the lady fans out there, we finished basically the show's over. But I wanted to talk to Schubert about the Bachelorette. Boy, do I hate Carl. Dude was straight up in the last Fuck episode. Carl, was straight up just like lying drama for no reason. Saying, "Hey, I know there's a bunch of men out here just trying to do them." And then he thought he was smarter than everybody. Like, I'm not gonna say your name. I feel like you should come forward. Just fishing for someone to come forward. And all the dudes were like, dude, you're an idiot. You just caused all this drama for no reason. And he's going to stay. You know he's going to fucking stay. I hate that. Because now the producer's like, oh, we got our villain now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, that guy dude's sucks. the worst. And like in the beginning of that episode, too, when he like did that speech forever, it was Oh, it was stupid. horrible. I love that black guy, Thomas, was like, can we get him off the stage? Boo. Yeah. I love all the black guys hating Carl. Because, dude, I, 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 you always know a black guy like that that's doing the most. That's just fucking being the worst. Like, and he's, just, he's an just old imp- man, too. Just like that, impress people. And I don't want to sound like I'm being racy, but just impress white people. And it's just, he's doing too much. And uh, he's a motivational speaker. So he seems fake, fake as fuck. I hate everything about him. Yeah, he's the one who's there for the wrong reasons to be a fake. He as is. Fuck. He's there trying to get his platform up and trying to get his motivational speaker stuff out there because he's scamming people, trying to say he can make their life better. I'm never going to listen to a guy like Carl tell me about my fucking life. Fuck that dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, dude, how'd you feel about that dude Cody getting sent out? On a <laughs> I he thought said, was, she said. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, damn, you got kicked out because this dude said something. You're not going to defend yourself. But I think he got taken off guard because he even said, like, bro, if you didn't even open your mouth, she would have never known anything. So that means he was being scandalous. And I think it, and like he, could, he, like, he just didn't want to lie to her. He was, but, uh, but like at the same token, I still always get mad on this show when like the dude just like straight up, just like, oh yeah, yeah, blah, 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 this dude. I hate that too, but in this situation, it's different than others because he knew that guy before, they had beef fighting, and she asked him. He didn't come out and say, hey, I want to tell you about Cody. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she was like, why was there so much tension? So I do agree with you. I hate when guys do that. That's what Carl did. Carl was trying to start shit. Well, it's just like, it's just like, I'm wondering if it would have been flipped and Cody would have said, would have been the one who was asked the mm. question. So that it was like, she would have been so pressing on him and like to the point where he probably because she out. didn't like Cody either. Mm, probably true. Probably she, true. She, she probably liked Aaron more and was like, I'm going to talk to him first. I mean, he did bring out a blow up doll first night. That was yeah, he weird. did. And Aaron won the, won the wrestling match. So she had to talk to him first. Um, but is, do you have a four that you like? Um, the hometown I, four. Andrew S, black guy who got the rose, who they connected about the football player being yeah. poor. The guy who connected about having a dead dad. Both of them, huh? I said that dude's the front runner. They were crying yes, together. Greg, that, Greg that, is the front runner. He it, got the first I, impression rose too. I think it's Greg, Andrew S, second. And then that Thomas guy rubs me the wrong way. I know he got an early rose. I hate that guy. And then I watched the previews and said that he is crazy. So I don't fuck with him. I, I, I just think right now, as of now, Andrew S. and Greg are my two favorites. And I think... I can't think of this guy's name, but... Uh, is it another black guy? Yeah. The guy who did the puppets? Yes, that guy. That guy is killing it as well. He's good. Those, those are my three, Trey. Yeah, his name's Trey. There we go. Yeah, I like the two you said, Andrew S. and Greg. I like Connor B., who is no. Is that the virgin? 
Mm-mm, that's Mike. I think I think Mike, he, Mike will be gone very soon. You think so? I thought yeah, he was I endearing mean, to her, but she seems like she sure. likes sex. Sure, but like, sex I, just, I, yeah, like all I can't that imagine that she's gonna start dating a dude and just never have sex with him. Yeah, I, I don't. I she doesn't seem that. like that type of girl because she, even though she is like very, she cares about certain a lot of morale stuff. She feels I mean, like, like you know, sex is just physical, and she was, she, well, she don't give a fuck. She's just making out with everybody. So the, do your thing, girl. The thing about that, and like, I feel like it's good that she picked Mike for that rose because like the they've kind of made the idea of being sex positive is like you got to be slutty. Yeah, but the idea of sex positive is like no, I'm just okay with my sexuality. And yeah, and I'm okay I'm with like, doing whatever. If I like the person, I'll do it. If not, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, so like, and that was a lot of thing in the first time where they were trying to like overly sexualize this her. This, yeah, yeah, this idea of of what's going on and like that's why I like they have I Mike also one, like Tasha. You said this episode one. I love Tasha and that other girl hosting. I think they do a good job. Well, I like Tasha hosting. Mm, which one is Tasha? Which one? Which one is Tasha? The black girl. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I like her hosting. You don't like Kaylin Briscoe? I thought she was alright. I'd rather have JoJo. <laughs> I do. I would too. Tasha and JoJo would be amazing. It would be. So we'll see what happens with all that. But but I just want to. Yeah. Shit, but that Carl guy, he's the fucking worst. He is the fucking worst man. He's, I mean, he's gonna probably be around for the next three weeks. I assume. Oh, I could also say that guy who was with Cody, the other guy, is Aaron. He's a front runner too. She trusts him. He, she was the. She went yeah. to him, or do you think she went to him because she thought he was being scandalous too, and it was him and Cody's plan? No, I think she went to him because she was the only person who could like relate to the conversation with. Because that's why she, I feel like he's a favorite because she trusts him. But then, like it, it's going to be one of those things where, like, if he comes again with like another thing, like, oh I just don't yeah, know how, like I, I don't, I don't understand him. And he's twenty six. He's just he's yeah. There's a lot of twenty six I mean, year olds though. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, he from I don't know. I think I the old men don't have podcasts. a shot. Like there's I, a 34 year old. I don't think the 34 and 36 year old have a shot. The guy who didn't get a date, that old dude who's like, "Hey, would I, I you think, like my I kid?" I think the 36 year old has a shot. You do? I See, mm-hmm. I I feel like when she, when he asked, uh, "Would you mind being like how do you feel about being a mother?" and when he, she was like, "I felt like she said this to make him feel good, but I don't think she wants to raise his kids." I don't believe she does. I, but I think he's going to be around for a while. Like, part usually when someone doesn't get a date, and even she even said as much in the episode. She said it. Yeah, she did. Is, is that, you know, she feels comfortable where they are. I feel like she feels comfortable, forward. but and like friendship comfortable. That's what I like, think it is. Once his story comes out, depending on, because like, I could totally see him getting a one-on-one, maybe not this next week, but the following week. But and failing. His, he could fail, but I mean, his story is that he is a widower. And I uh, feel like once that story comes out, he's going to gain some sympathy amongst the Bachelor Nation. They're going to at least keep him top seven. So they'll keep him for that. But I don't think she's going to pick him is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Like, I don't no, I feel no, like no. he is not her type. Like, the, I feel like other- her type is Andrew S. and Greg. Like, I feel like she likes gr- the type of dude that Greg is and the type of guy that Andrew S. is. Yeah, I'm I like I like those two picks. I think that when uh, Blake from the past season comes in, I think he's going to get a good shot too. Oh, they're bringing uh, in a new guy. Oh well, yeah, he's from Tasha and Claire season, but mm-hmm. he's he's. You froze up. I don't know if you, but you froze up. Would you say? Oh, uh, well, Blake's an idiot, and I, oh. I hate him. But like, <laughs> you'll probably like him. But uh, Andrew S, I want him to be a Bachelor. Hmm. 
she might pick him, but I don't know. Greg, it's just it's just that connection with those dads and them crying together. I don't that that like when I saw that, I was like, dang, she really likes this guy. But she had a similar connection with Andrew S. with the fact that they were both came from uh, poor families. And when the way she was looking at it, when he was like, why, why are you looking at me like that? She was like, because I want I want you those eyes. That was like, whoa, she liked this guy. Like she wasn't looking at everybody else like that. For sure. So I think like the, the dudes I named and plus the Blake guy, they are all front runners. I'd like to see Andrew S be the bachelor at this point. And I think the one thing about Greg that you got to keep an eye out for is he, it was reported that he was, uh, he's, he, he takes a lot of acting classes. He's trying to be an oh, actor. Oh no. Greg's a phony. Oh, that dad shit was fake. Ah! And no, uh, I think, it, I think it's real, but like I was, no! I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I was like, could you imagine if this dude like faked all that? <laughs> His dad wasn't dead. Schubert, okay. The 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 evil side of me was like, he said this dad shit might have convenient, and then them tears started coming out crazy. And I was like, hmm, is he faking? And he, and he also waited. He, he, he waited. waited a while. That's what pissed me off because it was like, I thought it was just like, oh, maybe he's not comfortable talking to her, but if you're if you're <laughs> That's like what, she that, was talking about it. Like that's what bugged like, me. Been like, he I sympathize said it, with you. And I sympathize with you because I just lost my dad. But like, but he waited until the end of the night. I'm like, damn, he's lying. He's fucking but I mean, lying. He, but like, it's hard. It's a hard lie to make because if he goes to hometowns, like, what is he gonna do? So I don't know. Don't have his don't dad know. there. That's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> like hey, dad, you know, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we gotta make some money <laughs> yo Schubert that would be the craziest lie in reality TV if it he gets be. to the final four and he lied that his dad was dead that would be so bad Instant. So bad. <laughs> that's good TV <laughs> I hope he's lying <laughs> let's go uh, yeah <laughs> So sorry to everyone who doesn't watch The Bachelor. That's how we want podcast, to end. The podcast was over when we finished the Loki review. Like, for this, sure. is, this is for people who are like us reality TV junkies who loves this shit. So, yeah, I'm in love with The Bachelorette. And I can't wait for the next Bachelorette. And I can't wait for Bachelor in Paradise. And I can't wait for that Nikki Glaser show we talked about. That Nikki Glaser show sounds amazing. I'm ready for Love Island. That's My girlfriend doesn't fuck with The Bachelorette. She watched it with me tonight. She was like, see, I don't fuck with this show. It's not my type of reality. But she likes Love Island? She loves Love Island. That's fine. My girlfriend also loves Love Island. I am ready for Love Island. I love Love Island, too. Love Island's great. What I love about Love Island is that it's every fucking day. Yeah, Love Island is great. Uh, But not the American version, the British version. Yeah. I get behind the Brits. Let's go British version of Love Island. I'm with you. Even though I will say in quarantine, watching live with America's Love Island was a lot of fun. They Uh, had a good cast last season. I I tried with uh, fucking that black guy with the, uh, with the, uh, the beard or whatever. He had a beard. Yeah. I can't think. He was buff. I can't remember all their names. I just remember Caleb and Christine was like the I just black they, couple. I just remember they had the Latino girl and the light skinned black. Yeah, Selly. Selly and, and and God, I can't think of that fucking that, name. John douche. Johnny. Yeah, he, was, Johnny. Oh fuck. See, I hate American Love Island. Shout out to the British Love Island with my girl Shauna. Shauna. 
uh, uh, Jen, uh, what's her, the twins, Eve Gale and Jen Gale. You know the uh, the girl Demi from the uh, England. She has uh, she has thyroid cancer right now. Oh no! Yo, prayers up to prayers up to Demi Rose though from Love Island. Well, it's also gonna be really rough. I think what is this like the first season without the host after she died? Oh yeah, great. Nah, crazy. I'm re- I'm ready for the season though. You know so. That yeah, was our trash TV take for the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, all the yeah. all the people who look for us for like comic book movie talk and like nerd Man, shit are man. like, what the fuck are y'all talking about right now? This is for those out there who love Discovery Plus and love reality TV. Oh man, on Discovery Plus, man, I'm watching Smothered. Oh my god, she would so stop, funny. stop, stop. <laughs> you you break my heart every week with this shit. Stop, like you you hurt my soul. I don't have it yet. I can't get it on my PlayStation, and it bugs the shit out of me. Oh, I just want it as an add on on Amazon. Can't do that either. Yeah, I mean, once you can watch it on your device, and you know, it's over with. I'm I'm there. Like I'm ready. <laughs> But, but yeah, and, and also and also the last thing on pod, Clippers won. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> Fuck the Jazz. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so that that wraps up everything with up uh, today. We mentioned early on that you can watch the Run It Back, where we talk about Mask of the Phantasm we on got, YouTube, a video yes. exclusive. Hey, audio listeners. I know y'all love this podcast. Y'all listen to it audio a lot. There's a lot of y'all. Please let us know in the comments. Do y'all want Run It Back as an audio podcast as well as video? If y'all do, we will create a new podcast feed separate from the Bros Who Think Network feed with all the different shows on it. We'll make a Run It Back feed and I will upload all of the old episodes. But we need to know it's video exclusive right now. And I know this podcast has a lot of audio listeners, but not a lot of video listeners. So would you want Run It Back in the audio form? Please comment on the SoundCloud. Or if you listen on Apple or Spotify, please hit us up on Twitter at HHubert14 or at LynnBWT. We need to know this. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I myself prefer to listen to a lot of things audio, but you know, I, but I, you know, I still, when it comes to like the Schmodowns and uh, first class league, I, I on YouTube, I love I'll put YouTube, them on YouTube man. and uh, you know, even if I'm driving I'll just put the phone down. See, to me, I feel like when we talk, listen, run it man. back, at least seeing our reactions to things, it's just, that's why we started off with running back a uh, video. But if y'all want an audio version, we will do that. But like Schubert said, check out Mask of the Phantasm, July 10th, Ian Hawley versus Christian Hollinger. It's going down. We'll give you the time uh, probably at the start of next week, along with the fight card. Be sure to look out for that. Um, The latest Bros Who Think podcast is out now. The latest episode of Hashtag Anime Talk is out now. If you want to hear more thoughts on My Hero or Tokyo Revengers and the new One Piece manga review chapter is out. But you can find all of that on the YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube or wherever you get audio podcasts at um, and subscribe there. And yeah, just follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. A lot of good stuff out right now. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Asia 14. Make sure you're watching it. Yep. And uh, we'll oh, follow us on Letterboxd, too. Follow us on Letterboxd. Yeah, like I said, I most recently, uh, I, I reviewed Mask of the Phantasm and I did Willy's Wonderland. Uh, Would you rank Mask of the Phantasm? Because I ranked it five. Oh, okay. Nice, 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 nice. Um, but yeah, anyway. Check out all that stuff on our social medias. Make sure you watch some of the stuff. Next week, we're definitely talking Loki episode three and Dave. So be sure to, to check those out. And we'll be spoiler, you know, 
putting out some spoilers next week so mm-hmm. make sure you, you, uh, you tune in but anyway thanks for wa- listening or watching this week's Rose Binge episode and catch us next week so have a great week and as always keep binging keep binging